This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. Matt, we've got a super informative episode today. This is one that I think people are going to love to listen to the first time and return to more than once. I think uh, you have to. Yeah. Well, not it, only do you have dense. to, but uh, it's also a useful episode to listen to over the course of your investing life. Right. You know, when you, I think this is one I'm going to go back to a few times. I agree. And one of the number one questions we get from investors is related to taxes, right? We get several questions related to taxes. Yeah. Should I buy this in my corporation? Am I going to have to pay capital gains? How much are capital gains? Exactly. Tons of questions, right? Daily. And who better than Sean Merrick from M Group, a CPA accounting firm in Vancouver to speak to that? Well, yeah. The funny thing there is, is that we get those tax questions every day and the common response from us is consult an accountant. Right. And then the next question, of course, is do you have a good accountant? So yeah. let's just say it right here, Sean Merrick. He's a great accountant. And and that's the thing. And we've been trying to get him on for a while. Obviously, accountants are busy. Sean's a very busy guy. Yeah. But we got him today. He's got six do's and six don'ts for investing in real estate and minding your taxes. Yeah which is a super useful subject. So Absolutely. We'll wait for that. But Matt, maybe before we get to our interview with Sean, we want to do some housekeeping. We've got the stats have just been released for the February. The February stats are out. We should say before we get into the stats, it's our 50th episode. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That's amazing. The balloons just dropped in here. Yeah. Braden, are you are you controlling the balloons? Brady D just pressed <laughs> the 
Thanks. Yeah. That was God, so the, sweet. Even the studio is better with Braden. Yeah. Uh, but no, we. it is our 50th episode. So uh, if you want to say congratulations, rate us on iTunes or get in touch. Yeah. We, we always want to hear that from you. That is VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You can also find the VREP live wire there. So get over there, check it out. Sign up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, stats are out. Interesting month for the stats. Basically, since the foreign buyers tax, August of 2015, right. we've seen kind of nothing exciting in the stats, largely flat, slight declines. Um, right. Mostly balanced overall, but... Mostly balanced. And, you know, we've had discussions about how accurate that is in past episodes. But what's interesting about February is we're hitting the spring market in 2017. Sure. And... Stats, especially in condos, they're up. That is the big news story. Condos are up, and for sure, downtown condos are are busy, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean well, hey, the, the sales the sales ratio, anything under seven hundred k downtown, it's over eighty percent across the board sales wow. ratio. So more than eight out of ten listings are selling. That's incredible. And on the west side overall, it's closer to fifty percent sales ratio, but we're up three point nine percent on the west side of Vancouver, which is basically like, hey, let's go back a year from our, a year ago and look at the stats then. We're seeing 4% increase in a month is is crazy. Yeah, for sure. And I'm getting, I, I know our listings are getting a lot of calls and a lot of activity. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. What about uh, just overall? So, so Yeah, well, the east side as well is up 1.7%, 57% ratio, so 6 out of 10. Condo market is is basically on fire. The change, of course, from last year, I think, is that this is being driven largely by a lack of supply. Yeah, low inventory, There's right? There's basically the, nothing out there. So, And you're reading that in the paper. So sales volume might be down in certain areas, but we do have low inventory. That's right. But sales ratios overall, if you're looking at condos or townhomes, expect the market to be busy in Vancouver proper. How about the detached market? I detached mean, market, not a lot has changed. Basically flat. Uh, the west side is up, you know, 0.1 of balanced, a percent. So balanced. balanced. The east side is down a percentage point in February. Sales ratios here are closer to balanced markets. We got 17% on the east side. We got 13% on the west side. So buyer's best bet? West side house. West side house Uh, or east side house, right? But Yeah, I was going to say, but the one thing we wanted to, uh, that we were talking about before we went live here is a lot of realtors buying houses on the east side right Right. now. You know, of course, we got nothing to back this up, but I can say the houses that are selling on the east side are being bought by realtors. So, according to Facebook, well, hey, it's a it's it's a good way to monitor. Yeah. We'll monitor the market Facebook, in, uh, Facebook profile yeah. with his password and username. But no, I mean, it is a useful. I think it's a useful point to bring up because you know realtors are on the front lines and they're buying up properties on the east side right now. So for sure, makes sense. All right, Matt. Well, hey, maybe without further ado, let's cut to our interview with Sean Merrick. Our fiftieth episode interview with Sean Merrick, tax accountant. Enjoy, guys. Can't wait. Okay, so we're here with Sean Merrick from the M Group CPA accounting firm with offices in Vancouver and Winnipeg. How are you doing, Sean? Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming in, Sean. Okay, Sean, so we brought you on today. We're talking about accounting and real estate investing in Canada. A hot topic. Very hot topic. A lot of people have questions for us. The reality is is you got to consult an accountant. Um, Maybe we can just start with some don'ts. Okay. In for for investors in in accounting, yeah. What are some things that people just you know some common mistakes that you see on the ground? 
Okay, well, first of all, they try and file their own taxes when they're new to real estate investing, (laughs) Uh, not having any idea or any training or knowing anything about it. um, And usually they claim way too much in terms of losses and get themselves audited. So I I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, So, you know, at least in the first year, so you kind of have an idea, have an accountant set it up for you and do do a proper tax return so you know what you can and can't deduct. Or just, you know, schedule some time with an accountant and ask them, what can I deduct? What can I not? Right. So maybe rule number one is hire a professional. Yeah. Shouldn't that always be the first rule? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I always say to my dentist clients, I don't do my own dentistry, so you probably shouldn't do your own accounting. Right, yeah. fair enough, yeah. exactly. Number two. So don't deduct everything as a current expense. Okay, that's probably what I see most of. So, for example, if you buy a place and you fix it up to rent it out, anything that you do to that place is capital, meaning it has to be added to the cost of the house. So you can't deduct it. Okay. okay. So that means that that's everything. That's from putting in, you know, painting, putting in a new doorknob, it's all capital. It all has to get added to the cost of the property, which means it gets written off slowly, only 4% over time. The mistake people make is trying to deduct, you know, $50,000 worth of repairs in the first year when they buy the rental property. Right, right. A no-no, almost sure to get you audited. Also, CRA's view, Canada Revenue Agency's view, is uh, almost, almost everything is capital. Okay, so if you replace a window... They say, well, you replaced it with a better window, so that's capital. You can't deduct it. Got to add it to the cost of the building. So I see a lot of that where it you know, really shouldn't be deducted. It should be added to capital. And if you have someone helping you with your taxes, say an accountant, they would sort of help you make those assessments rather than just deducting it all. To avoid the audit. Fair that's enough. Right. Which are not fun. Um, and especially in the last few years, there's been a lot of look at rental losses because, right. of course, more and more people have rental properties. So CRA, it's it's easy pickings for them. They go, okay, show me all your receipts. You don't have any receipts or, you know, they'll decide everything is capital, not expense. And chances are, given the climate of the market over the last couple of years, CRA is going to be looking pretty closely at people who are renovating homes, buying and selling a lot of properties, and people with a lot of revenue properties, I would imagine. Yeah, the lower mainland is target. Oh, yeah. Flippers beware. Uh, yep. CRA really wants to look at, at what people are doing, and it, it's all about intent, right? So you, if you're buying it to flip it, it's regular income. It's not a capital gain, and a lot of people are reporting that as a capital gain, if they're reporting it at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And CRA's view is if you're flipping, if it's for a short-term gain, it's pure income, straight income. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. How about another don't? Number three. Another don't. Even if you break up with your girlfriend or boyfriend, don't move back into your rental property if you can avoid it, um, right. because it creates a taxable deemed disposition. You have to pay tax on it, um, and you know then at least you have a new cost base once you've moved back in. But often people don't realize that when they move back in to live in their rental property, they actually that's a taxable event, and it. it you know, it could be pretty significant if they've been out, out of if it's been a rental property for several years. It could be pretty significant. Can tax you just wise. break that down a little bit? The taxable deemed disposition. Yeah. So it's what CRA calls a deemed change in use. So when you're renting something out, it's it's a rental property, right? If you move back into it, it's treated the same as if you sold it for fair market value and then reacquired it at that price. So you have to pay tax on it as if you sold your rental property. And I know there's all sorts of bad information out there about, I've heard, you know, 
people saying, well, I'll move back into my rental property for a year and then I won't have to pay tax on it, which isn't true. Um, as soon as you move back in, you've caused the taxable event. Now, you have to report it. Not everyone does, but correctly, it is a taxable event. Right. Wow. So avoid it if you can. Okay, number four. Number four is kind of the reverse. Um, so how many people get into the real estate market is they keep a place where they were living in and they rent it out and buy a new place. So if you do that, um, it's very important that you, uh, you know, don't do that without reporting it to CRA, basically. And it's to your advantage to report it because you get a, then, when you move out of it, you get the higher cost base. So if, you know, if you buy something for 500000 and you move out of it, it's worth seven fifty. Your new cost base on the rental property is now seven fifty. So you want to report that to CRA, okay? Because um, it helps now. Uh, and if you don't, if any with any of these deemed dispositions, there's now up to an eight thousand dollar fine for just not reporting the disposition, even if there's no tax associated with the event. It's up to an eight thousand dollar fine. They want that reported. That's right. Um, and we can thank basically Vancouver. The rest of the country gets to thank Vancouver for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because okay. they're trying to catch people who, you know, uh, maybe aren't Canadian residents or who were for a very brief time who owned a, a property here and claimed it as their principal residence and sold it. So they're just trying to get more reporting on that. And there really hasn't been good reporting right. on your principal residence. And everyone just assumes, well, if I live there, I don't have to report anything. Starting in 2016, you do. Right. Okay. Okay. Number five, don't. Don't. Uh, don't take money out of your rental property to buy a bigger principal residence, which I see a lot of people doing. So they, they look for, you know, hey, where can I get equity? And they say, oh, I got equity yeah, in my totally rental makes property. Sense, right? Let's pull it out and let's use it for my principal residence. You can do it. The only problem with doing it is then you don't get interest deductibility on that amount that you've taken out. Okay. Then if you commingle it, it gets much more difficult to track. So don't do it if you can avoid it. If you do do it, make sure you track it separately, again, using an accountant. So the logic being that a lot of people want to think it's a good idea to have more down on their primary residence, right? Or so maybe they, require more. Or, or require. require. Yeah. 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 Okay. And if you, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But keep track of it separately because that, that chunk, the interest related to that amount you took out, the interest is no longer deductible against your rental property. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Number six. You got one more for us, one right? One more. I do. One more yes. don't. Yes. Well, you know, there's that late addition to get us up to six. So, <laughs> uh, so this question I get a lot. So don't assume that you need a corporation if you're going to do rental properties. Um, there's no tax advantage at all to owning a rental property in a corporation. Many people think there is, and, and they say, well, I went and incorporated and I'm going to buy a rental property in there. There really is no advantage tax-wise to doing it. And if you've ever tried to purchase a rental property in a corporation, it's much more difficult. It's more difficult to get financing. It's just more difficult to do. Okay. And there's no tax advantage to doing it. So why would you do it? Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people, for some reason, feel like they should. I suppose there are some legal liability reasons, but but usually that's not fairly that negligible. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you actually taxed at the same rate then when you sell a property out of a a corporation? It's higher. Because, it's higher. Yeah, because you've got, with a corporation, you always have a level of corporate tax, but then you got to get that money out of the corporation eventually, and so there's another layer of personal tax. So it's actually tax, tax disadvantageous to own a rental property in a corporation. And, and they've designed it that way, because they don't want passive assets in a corp, because they want you paying tax on it at your personal tax rate. I might be jumping to the dues here, but why, say, there's why, a nice segue. 
why do so many people buy property is properties in holdings company? Or when what? does it make sense? Or when does it make when sense? When does it make sense? Sure. It makes sense simply when you can earn active business income in a corporation, which is taxed very favorably in Canada, you know, between 11 and 14%. So like with a, a personal real estate corporation, as an example, or, or an accounting firm as another example. Sure, I see, you know, doctors, dentists. Doctors, dentists, of course, yeah. Because you've paid tax at only 11 or 13%, depending on your province. Um, and, and meaning you have, you know, 89 or 85 to 89 cent dollars with which to purchase property. So if you were to take it out and do it personally, you're going to lose, you know, the other half. So, you know, so it's about 50% tax is what you'd end up paying. Right. So you have that much less to invest. So that's why investing, if you can earn active business income, then it makes sense to, to buy a, a property within the corporate group, despite the other problems, you know, that, that arise when you try and buy something in a corp. That's when it makes sense. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the number one do. It is. Yes. All right, right. so number two, let's move to do. For those of you at home keeping score, uh, (laughs) we got six to one. Six to one. All right. Um, So, you know, one simple one, and it's it's very obvious, but, you know, people often ask me, well, I want to get invested in real estate. How do I do that? So one of the ways to do it, especially in Vancouver, is to use use the equity in your principal residence as a down payment on investing in real estate. Sure. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's a way to do it, Um, you, you know you're adding to your own personal mortgage, but you're then potentially having an income property that's building equity, right? It's a, a due to get into real estate. Or like I said earlier, um, if you, you know, you own your principal residence, you buy something else and then rent out your previous principal residence. Nothing wrong with doing that. Again, just have to report it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or get the $8,000 fine. So. so to recap on that one, my understanding of your point there, Sean, is use the equity in your home, if right. you want to get into the, that's that's a very that's a, valuable, so like investing. a home equity line of credit or potentially refinancing your home. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Because, well, you know, especially if you look at the cost of properties here in Vancouver, you know, you need a hundred and fifty thousand dollar down payment. Most people don't have that sitting around. Sure. Yeah, right? but but and we've talked about this before. But uh, you know, with with the increases over the last couple of years, a lot of people have equity in their home that they could be using. Uh, and, you know, it sounds like it's a good idea. It's, it's right. a, it is a way to get into it, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so number, number three. three. Number three. Uh, okay. So this is a simple one. We're, we're going to get technical here a bit. We're going to use some tax terms here for a we're bit. We're ready but, for it. But claim capital cost allowance on your rental properties, CCA, commonly known as depreciation. Okay. I see a lot, a lot of times we'll take over from someone who's been doing their own tax return or other accountants, and they're not claiming CCA. And what CCA allows you to do is basically defer tax on your rental income for a very long time, okay? basically until you sell the property. Okay. Uh, and you know, maybe you'll, you'll keep it for 20 years or 30 years and sell it eventually, but you know, you've been able to defer tax for that whole time. Now, you can't use it to create a rental loss, but most property will have taxable income, even if it doesn't necessarily cash flow because you're paying back your mortgage and mortgage principal repayment's not deductible. So almost always it will have taxable income and you can use depreciation to bring that number down to zero. So that's why we like properties as accountants because you don't pay tax on the income for a long time and you don't pay tax on the gain and the increase in property until you sell it. Right, that's a great one. All right, on to number five. Okay, 
if you refinance, this is the opposite of the don't. So if you do refinance a rental property, so if you're trying to do multiple rental properties, and you know lots of people are, uh, use that money to put into other properties, not your own house. Again, because you you've messed up the interest deductibility if you use it in your own principal residence. So you know take money out of your current rental to use as a down payment, then to buy your next rental. You and know? the reason for that again? Well, because otherwise you lose the interest deductibility. So you you'll have interest, but it won't be deductible and. So you're you know, going to be paying tax on on that on the payment on the interest or right. on the income. Yeah. And it, this seems like something that a lot of people want to do, right? Is pull that equity out of your out of your rental because you have rent coming in, and then you live mortgage free. But you got to be careful. Right. Don't do it. Oh well, this is this is saying put it into other rental properties. So use it. That's to, what I'm saying. Yeah, as opposed it. to saying, hey, I want to be rental free in my principal residence, so I'm going to pull equity out of there. That's a don't. Yeah. I mean, you lose the interest deductibility, which is one of the nice things about rental property because, of course, the interest on your principal residence is never deductible. So. Right. Okay. And last but not least. Wait, no. No, second we, last, we Matt. Got two more. Matt, okay. you're not keeping score. <laughs> Holy. You got so many good tips here, Sean. Yeah, okay. I apologize. Okay, no problem. No problem. We'll <laughs> keep going. Four. Two more. Uh, okay, so pay off your principal residence mortgage before your rental property mortgage. Now, it may sound like kind of the opposite of what I was saying, but um, let's say you came into you know $50,000. It makes more sense to pay off your principal residence than to pay off your rental properties. Okay, because of course you get the interest deductibility on mm-hmm. your rental property, so you want to pay that off as slowly as possible. Right. You want to pay off your principal residence as quickly as possible. Right. Okay. Just not with the equity from your right. Yeah. Rental yeah. Properties. Yeah. Well, and typically <laughs> with people, I mean, you know, if you have a, a mortgage am of about twenty years on your principal residence, you know, do that, and maybe you know when it comes up, you do extra chunks or whatever. But but it'll take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And then the rentals. Well, I mean, the rentals you don't care as much because presumably at some point the plan is to exit and to sell, and so you know, so you pay off the mortgage at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. And, and last but not least. Okay. Well, the last one. You know, keep in mind, I'm an accountant, uh, so you, you know, I couldn't suggest more strongly to be organized and to. On, to keep a separate bank account and a separate credit card for each property that you have so that you do track all of your expenses properly. I see so many people who, who just lose receipt. I mean, there's so many expenses with a rental have property. Have you seen the shoebox under the e- table Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, and anyone who has a rental property knows there's always like little expenses that you forget about. You lose the receipts. If you have a separate bank account that captures all the income and that captures all the expenses, you can just give those bank statements to your accountant at the end of the year and go, look, here's all my income and expenses, and then you know you've captured everything. It also helps, you know, if you ever get audited with CRA, if you've commingled it with your own personal bank account, which is what I see all the time, you got, you know, it's an uphill battle to get through the audit because they, you know, they say, well, everything's mixed together. How, how do I know if that's your property tax or the rental property tax? So, so are you suggesting separate credit cards for each property, each revenue property, yeah. or just for all your rentals? Ideally, yes. If Yes, a separate one for each. But if you have multiple rentals and you just want to do one separate credit card, as long as you keep good track of to which properties it relates, that would be good enough. But definitely a separate bank account for each property. Now, do you have any programs you could suggest or an app perhaps that, that people might, for managing their, 
is there anything you can recommend? Well, you know, most people use Excel, which, Excel, is, which right. is fine. I mean, because rental properties, you know, it's usually pretty easy, right? It's like one rent check per month, and then, yep. you know, some, some mortgage and some property taxes that come out. So it's not that complicated accounting. Um, if people really like accounting, there's QuickBooks. QuickBooks sure. does properties really well. I was going to well. say, that's what our accountant uh, recommended There's a QuickBooks us. app that's pretty good as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, those work. Um, they're sometimes, you know, more complicated. Most people know how to use Excel, so, you know, the, they sure. can just keep right. using it. But, but yeah, QuickBooks works really well. And, it, and QuickBooks is nice because it does give you dual-entry bookkeeping. You know you've sort of kept track of everything, so... Okay. Mm-hmm. One last question here before we get to uh, Sean's contact. But there's there's a lot of rumblings that um, cap gains might be increased. Are you hearing anything on on the ground? Yeah, yeah. We that's a strong suspicion. Um, don't forget, not mm, fifteen years ago, pro- or capital gains were taxed at seventy five percent inclusion rate. That doesn't mean that it was seventy five percent tax, but. 75% of the gain was included. Okay. It's only in the last few years that it went down to 50% in the last probably about 15 years. Uh, so it is possible that it's and more likely that they will increase the inclusion rate from 50% up to 75%, okay. which does have, you know, impacts things pretty strongly, especially at the higher end, uh, you know, of tax Price rates. Point, yeah. 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 Okay. Good. So, and I did mention that Adam and I use another accountant, and that's, of course, our brother, Chris. So, if we weren't using Chris, we'd definitely use you, Sean. Absolutely. Uh, And, obviously, uh, people are going to want to know how to get in touch with you. Right. Uh, Well, you you can go to the website, mgroup.ca, or you can email me, sean at mgroup.ca. It is March, so I'm kind of working 24 hours a day. So, anytime you email me, I should be able to get back to you pretty quickly. Excellent. Hey, well, thanks so much for your time, Sean. Really appreciate it. That was great advice. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Sean Merrick, tax accountant at the with the M Group. Yep. And Matt, usually my eyes glaze over when somebody starts talking about tax, but in this case, riveting stuff. Compelling guy, Sean Merrick. Compelling Very guy. Compelling guy. Six do's, six don'ts. Yeah. Um, like Symmetry. I said, Symmetry. There is. There's a nice symmetry there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to say is, of course. You'll want to listen to that probably more than once. I agree. I agree. And I think that's the thing is we get so many questions about what to consider when buying a revenue property from a tax perspective. That's right. I think he lays it out very clearly. Some some things you shouldn't do, some things you should do. But at the, at the core of it, I think uh, he's proven that you got to get in touch with an accountant. That's what I was going to say. And a good accountant that it, knows investing. We, we've said it before. I'll say it again. If Sean has proven anything, it's you should be talking to somebody like Sean if you have investment properties. Right. No for question. Sure. For sure. So Matt, a couple items before we cut for the day. One is we're hiring. We're hiring new realtors. So we are. if you are looking to grow your business, get in touch. You can contact Matt or myself. That's right. Um, and then also, we really appreciate it. We're at, I think, like 98 ratings on iTunes Canada. Yeah, it's, it's if you want to be the 100th review, there's a huge prize. We're not sure what it is yet, and we're not sure how we're going to get in touch with you. But Well, no, you if you're if you're that person, get in touch with us. And uh, and we got something very special lined up for you. It's very special. It's very, very special. special. We haven't figured out what it is yet, but we're, it's, it's Brady special. Brady D is on it. Brady D is on it. Yeah, I've, for I'll, sure. I'll look into it. He's looking into it. Okay. And anyway, uh, and I'm swimming in balloons here. It's our 50th episode, so thanks for all your support. Yes. Check us out at the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast dot com. And Matt, how can people reach you? 
If not at the website, 778-847-2854 or matt at scalinarealestate.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And if you want to touch base with Brayden, Brayden? Info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Okay. Well, hey, have a great week and uh, yeah, to 50 more. Enjoy, guys. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.